What the hell's going on out here? It's Quick Snaps. You want to crown them? They crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. With Kostaki Economopolis. I got some jokes, you know how we do. And Aaron Hodges. Do you know I tried out as a place kicker for the Hartford Colonials? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Playoffs. We're going to see how it feels. Can't wait. Hey, everybody. Hey. NFL draft time. Wee. Yeah. Uh, the NFL draft is kicking off this week. It's exciting. It's the it's one of those tentpole moments in the offseason. It's kind of the beginning of the season in terms of the story arcs and kind of getting engaged. And just this afternoon, I got my first email from you got the guess? NFL. Uh, You're getting Yahoo, drafted. Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Oh, I got the same email. Yeah. <laughs> I said too early, too early. Get out it of here. It is too early, but that's kind of hilarious that they see it the way the fans do, too. Um. So yeah, man. How are you? What's up? Uh, you? I'm good. I'm good. You know, I'm good. Um, not, not really excited about the draft because I don't have any faith in my GM. So my flagpole is planted in pessimism. <laughs> I was just going to chat with you first, but this is the perfect segue to the first two jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've been seeing some of your Twitter action, and I'm thinking, man, it really is true. The Giants yeah. are the new Browns in terms of the go-to for punchlines of a dysfunctional organization. They are the punchline this week, that's for sure, man. The draft's in Nashville, appropriate for Giants fans, because your offseason was like an old-fashioned country song. You lost your girl, your truck, and your dog. Oh, jeez. <laughs> no, we still have the dog, but he's sick. <laughs> The Giants GM Dave Gettleman says he likes Nashville, but he would trade it away for Flint and a fifth-round pick. <laughs> you take that deal nine times out of ten. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I it's, it's probably overstated that the Giants are the, are struggling, and it's probably not completely fair that Gettleman has been a failure. But that is these are sort of the storylines right now. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. Arizona, are they going to take Kyler? Right. I think they're going to. How are they not at this point? You would have backed up your current quarterback more if you weren't going to, right? Unless that's the double reverse smokescreen thing or whatever it is. Yeah. What if Rosen is in on all this? That's great. It'd be genius. I would love that. Right. I don't, I don't think the book's written on Rosen. I think he is, has a shot at being a really good quarterback. I mean, look, if we haven't closed the chapter or the book, whatever you want to call it, on uh, Sam Bradford yet, then <laughs> Jesus, Josh Rosen certainly deserves a couple more chapters. Uh, that's a funny point. I, here's a scary thing that one of my uh, radio guys put in my head this week. Uh, Josh Rosen is probably worth a late round pick. And guess who picks 32nd in the draft this year? The that New was... England Patriots. All right. Right. Have, Sit behind Brady for two years and then right. smart kid, good arm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's terrifying to me. We can make him good. Mm. If I'm I mean, Josh Rosen, I don't think I'm staying in Arizona. I'm taking some pictures of the area I live in. I don't think I'm going to be there long. <laughs> in the Bible, the Jews wandered the desert for decades. Josh Rosen barely got a few months. It's like, <laughs> crazy. What a difference a name makes, right? Kyler Murray, fast, young, dangerous playmaker. If he's named Murray Kyler, then you think slow, old, friendly sandwich maker. Yeah, see you at the Friars Club. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. How's the whitefish, Murray? <laughs> <laughs> he's 5'10", right? So that's the knock on him. They say, well, he's the same height as Russell Wilson. Yeah, and my mother. Um, it's not an ideal height for an NFL wow. quarterback. Then your mom has an inch on me. <laughs> she still can't see over the line. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. You got mm-hmm. to run around the line. Uh, Kyler Murray might go first in the draft, but he's not the number one Murray. Here's the definitive Murray power rankings. You ready? Oh, yes. I was hoping for this. The power rankings? You don't, we don't do the power rankings like we used to, right? I always love it when you do, Bo. You got the DeMarco Murray and Latavius Murray. That's a two-way tie for number five, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, Ann Murray. Number mm-hmm. three, Murray the dog from Mad About You. <laughs> um, and uh, number two, Kyler. And number one, Bill. I mean, it's Bill, this is the easiest list ever. Yeah, that's pretty good. I have no qualms with that. Yeah, I don't even know who else you would include. Murray from uh, Mary Tyler Moore? <laughs> F. Murray Abraham, who was in Amadeus? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no Murrays even came to mind, to be honest with you. It's weird, right? I'm surprised when I when I first thought, you know, power rankings with Murray, there'll be a t- no, no, there aren't there aren't a ton. Yeah, there's a couple of other athletes. Um, there's Murray, the kicker for the Lions. There's a few of those kind of level guys. Right. Um, yeah, not too much. Mm-mm. So, I was saying earlier to a to a friend of mine, I'm not the trade up to get somebody in the draft GM. I'm the trade down GM. Do you agree with that premise broadly? Um, no, I, I, I don't agree or disagree. I think it totally depends. It's situational. Where's your team at? Where What are they trying to do? Okay. It's a need thing? Yeah, yeah. What do you What do you need? Do you need, do you need to get the guy that's going to be available there? Or can you stockpile more and go for depth? Okay. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. I like that. But if, I feel like the, the Patriots are sort of the get-out-of-the-first-round team, and they, they get, end up with a lot of second- and third-rounders, and they make some hay with those guys, and they're cheaper. And Although the new model of getting a, you know, a Jared Goff for f- a few years when they're super cheap is hard to pass up on if you think you can get somebody like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I don't, I'm not sure what to root for for the Falcons, I guess. There was some talk they might trade up for like an Ed Oliver type, you know. Um, I, I okay. I just don't give up a lot for him. That's all. We don't know. There's a lot of busts, you know. I don't know who that is. He's like a. He's like one of those. He's one of the top tier of sort of defensive players, which is you know exactly the thing I want them to do. Yeah. Um, but you know, I I'm glad they got Julio Jones, but they gave up the world for him. You know, they could have built a defense instead. You know what I mean? It's a the shit ain't free. What did they do for Julio? I forget the numbers now, but it was some crazy thing. I think it was a f- two first rounders, and a, they traded a first and the first the next year and a second. It was some like number that you go, what? What? This is one guy. What are you doing? He's never even played a down yet, and he ended up being exactly what they hoped he would be, but. You know, they could have built a whole other team without that, you know? I don't know. Seems like they got it right. Yeah, no. I'm not I'm not an NFL GM. It's hard for me to measure and know what the points are for all these different things that you're sort of trading. But it, it felt really expensive at the time to me. Because I felt like they had a good offense and they needed a defense. And so they basically said, 
fuck that. We're going to try to get the best offense. Um, and it worked, it you did know, work. for the most part. Um, but, you know, I don't Yeah, I, I guess it worked. I, I, it, I feel like broadly that's the wrong kind of thing to do because sometimes when you draft a guy, it doesn't pan out. And then you spent a lot for uh, you're spending a lot for a maybe. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you hit on it, then nobody questions it. No one questions that you gave up two firsts to get Carson Wentz, you know? Yeah, but that's. I mean, that's the same argument about giving the quarterback a big contract and guaranteed money. Like, if you're right, then cool. I guess it, it probably works out. But if you're wrong and you give a quarterback a big contract, then you're really handicapped. Right. At least they changed it from the old days. Like, I think Stafford was the last huge money rookie quarterback. And those guys only hit about 50% of the time. So you, you'd get committed to like $55 million on some guy that's never played a down. And you've only got a coin flip on whether or not he's going to be worth it, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's changed with the, with the rookie wage scale. That's good news, I think, for fans and teams alike. You don't get... You don't get screwed for a decade because you missed, you picked the wrong quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you think of Josh Rosen? You, you think he's? I don't know. I didn't really see him play that much. I think I, I watched like maybe, you know, one and a half games that the Cardinals played. So I really don't know. Yeah, I mean they were a terrible team, and they kind of threw him in the mix. So it's hard that he definitely didn't have a good situation. Yeah, um, but he had flashes of like, oh, that guy's a you know, he's a kid, but he's he's got potential, and he's got great pedigree. I mean, this time last year, they, there was some talk that he could be the number one overall pick. So, you know, he's I don't think we know yet. Um, fearing some leaks, the Raiders dismissed all their scouts this week. That's <laughs> yeah. nothing. The Giants sent their scouts home years ago. Huh? <laughs> this would have been a Browns joke two years ago. I hope I don't have to just grin and bear it this whole season. <laughs> the Falcons dismissed their whole defense last year. <laughs> that evens it up a little. There you go. Um, Mike Mayock's the Raiders' new GM. His daughter says, don't take this personally. He doesn't trust anybody. And then she tells this story. Apparently this is true, that he, she was having dinner with her dad, and when he went to the bathroom, he took the draft book with him instead of leaving it with her for a sec. So the moral of this story, do not touch Mayock's draft book for several reasons. Uh, I'm not saying Mayock has hang-ups about his draft book, but I'll only read it through a hole in a sheet. That's that's weird, right? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Depending on how you count, that's like the third Jewish joke. <laughs> um, Defensive lineman Montez Sweat has a heart condition that spooks some NFL teams. Yeah, I'm not a doctor, but I know if you have a heart condition, you're not allowed to ride the teacups at Disney. How are you going to play pro football against the strongest, fastest guys in the world? Yeah, really. It's an enlarged heart. His heart's too big, so he's going to maybe have a surgery to shrink the heart, known as the reverse Grinch. He's a sensitive soul. Yes. Yes. If he does the uh, heart shrinking surgery, it's also known in some regions as the Belichick. <laughs> you just shrink it into a little black ball of coal. Um, uh, Sweats changed his mind and will not attend the draft. Yeah, with a heart condition, you got to be careful. All that excitement, then you get drafted by the Dolphins. That could be it. Nah. Take it easy. 
Urban Meyer said at some point Dwayne Haskins could be the face of a franchise. Yeah, but that could mean cashier at Arby's. We don't know yet. It's, <laughs> it's early yet. He's a top quarterback prospect. Some people actually have him number one in their rankings. Um, they have him as a pretty definitive first rounder. But he's not going to go to the draft. You know, it's this, it's this whole thing of... I don't know, but like we keep watching these clips of Aaron Rodgers, you know, like he dropped, he kept dropping and he's sweating and he's unhappy. And yeah, it turned out fine. He's fine. What what is the big fuss? The worst case scenario is you lose a few million before you make your million. Like, what are they worried about? I don't understand. Got to protect that brand, man. Do you know how many drafts I had to endure in backyards of Marietta, Georgia as a boy? (laughs) Nobody picked me in the first three rounds ever. You stand there and hang in there with it. I, I saw you in your soccer uniform. I'm picking you last every time, too. <laughs> Touche. Yeah, Deborah went before me fine. She had a good 40 time. She's got length. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, so Haskins and his family will host a draft party at the local bowling alley. It's the biggest life event at a bowling alley since the Duck Dynasty family reunion. <laughs> bowling alley is an interesting choice. Isn't it? Yeah. It's some giant thing. They've been sort of like daydreaming and planning this apparently for years. And so the, that's what he's doing, which, uh, you know, I guess I can't begrudge him that whole hang with the family and all the people that he loves kind of situation. But Yeah, you got to respect the man who's living out his dream. All right. Put it that way. How can you argue, I guess? Right. Um, The NFL draft gets better ratings than the NBA playoffs. That must hurt the NBA's feelings so much. Mm -hmm. The NBA's good. Don't worry about that. They're feeling okay. They're doing okay. Yeah. Well, uh, you'll hate this joke, but this is for me. The NFL has the distinct advantage of not playing basketball. That seems to help. But they don't play play basketball. Yeah, I get it. it. That makes it better for the viewers that it's not basketball. No, no, I get it. I get it. (laughs) You don't have to emphasize basketball. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basketball is a great sport. If you're not, I don't know why I enjoyed that so much. I hate it. I don't. I, I don't dislike you, and I respect you, and I'm sure that your love of basketball is, makes perfect sense. And I, I don't want to disparage you and your love of basketball. But it's okay. I, but, it. I mean, if you didn't see Damian Lillard hit that game winner last night, it's just cold blooded after. Russell that Westbrook. was from a mile out. A mile out, and he chose to. He could have gotten closer. He just said, "No, I'm going to hit it right here." Yeah, that was no problem. Uh, I happened to see that on Sports Center, and it was impressive. To then be fair. waves goodbye to the Oklahoma <laughs> City Thunder, saying, "Bye bye, shut your trap." That was legendary, man. <laughs> I can't say anything because I have the same thing about football, and I can't defend that. It makes no sense how much I like it. It doesn't. I can't. This is you know. I hear you. That's one of our gaps. We have a few gaps. We have almost a gender gap. Not a gender gap. We have no, you're a, gener- right. a generational gap. Although you are a cat lady in your heart. I there didn't mean gender gap. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we have some age gap and we have some uh, taste gap. and That's all right. That's all right. Uh, Johnny Manziel said he's been diagnosed with bipolar, but he thinks bipolar is when you put two beers in the freezer. (laughs) (laughs) 
He said he's he's now going by John. Okay, John Manziel. Oh, oh good. He's he's losing the he's losing the knee, but you can't play without a knee. Just ask Joe Theismann, am I right? Okay. You can't be John. You're Johnny Football. You you bought that phrase because Johnny Bench was taken. Yes, sir. Um. So, and one last joke on uh, Robert Kraft here. Uh, He wants a jury trial. Really? Where are you going to find a jury of your peers, Robert Kraft? You. 12 billionaires who like $100 hand jobs. That's a very specific demo. <laughs> maybe, maybe an NFL owners meeting. I'm, I'm just guessing. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited. I've, I've got, um, I'm in Minneapolis working with my boy, Brian Miller, our boy. And, uh, uh, the weather is beautiful. The club is awesome. We're recording some new stuff for Sirius, both Brian and I, under the, uh, you lucky dog label. Um, we, we're having a guy come in and record Thursday and the two Saturday shows, which we debated at length about six weeks ago. And according to the numbers, we picked exactly right. What do you mean? Uh, as far as attendance? The, tic- the ticket sales. Yeah. Thursday is going to be a huge night. And then Saturday's the first show is almost already sold out. Oh, I love it when a plan comes together. Yeah. Right. Um, so I'm excited about that. And, uh, I got a few, uh, I'm, I'm really cranking things up in the social media universe. So if you, if you allow me the space, I just want to speak to the fans for a second, Aaron, is that okay? If we, if I speak to the fans, Kostaki, <laughs> you have the floor. Okay, good. Um, I'm trying to gear up my social media connectivity with you guys. I want to be more available and more interactive and more playful and post more memes. And I've been experimenting with these caption contests, and you guys have been writing hilarious captions and. I've even been experimenting with doing a video of like the top 10 captions. So if you guys have any ideas, if there's anything that you think would be good to have as a regular existence on social media, or if you just have broad notes of, yeah, I wish you did more of this or less of that, you know, engage with us on there. All of us, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter are my big three. Um, So, you know, Get get involved and let me know what you're thinking. I would love to make a, a safe, warm, funny, NFL, dad-friendly kind of environment out there. And I'm, I've been brainstorming a lot this offseason about how to do that. And uh, so let me know what you're thinking. And the pitch for next month, I'm going to do um, a meme for every team, right, in May. I love May. this. I love this. Yeah, so April sort of begins the story arc of the NFL, and then the little bit of the news cycle fades in May. So I'm going to try to keep it alive. Every day I'm going to do a meme for a new team. There's 31 days in May. There's 31 NFL teams. Fuck the Patriots. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that's my pitch. Come find me on any of those three platforms, and uh, we'll be pushing them out every day. And if you have a joke suggestion for your team's meme, by all means, send that in as well. Um so, yeah, just uh, talk to us. Connect. Uh, I'm at Funny Kostaki on Twitter. He's at Aaron Hodges. And, uh, you know, there's a Quick Snaps uh, Twitter feed as well. And uh, face- Facebook has sort of become my new favorite spot to, to do content. Really? So, yeah, not my regular page, but the fan page. I've been growing it, and we're almost at 10,000 uh, followers over there. So. Okay. 
And that weirdly has been way more interactive than the 46, 47,000 Twitter followers. I don't know if it's the nature of the demographics. Um, I think a lot of my Twitter followers are, are folks who chimed in years ago and aren't very active on Twitter. Gotcha. Um, but the Facebook page has got some sort of vibrant uh, stuff going on right now. So anyway, good, that was a man. long ramble. but No, no, I love that you're really uh, going for it, really hustling out there. Yeah, so in the next few days, there's probably be some buzzworthy NFL things, and I'm going to try to shoot up these meme flares and, you know, as sort of an advertisement to drive people back to the social media and this, the podcast, and everything kind of feeds feeds each other. So I'm listening to books on uh, audio uh, about social media and... Wow, I'm trying to I'm trying to learn the form. I've I've had meetings with people and talked about it, and I've been researching online. And I got a long way to go because I always had a little bit of arm's length about it. But uh, now I'm sold. I, I think it's the best way to to connect with people who already like you and build the brand to new people. You know? Yeah, so. I think when you and I first met, uh, these uh, th- th- we were polar opposites here. I was. The, the young gun teaching the old man the, the new tricks. And I think we've kind of gone opposite directions here. I've, right. become, I've become the old man, and now you're the, the young gun that's engaged, and you're going to have to teach me a thing or two. <laughs> I'll share what I know. It's not much yet, but I'm getting there. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because I one of the things that happened was I've, I've been doing these 50 lunches, right? And yeah, so yeah, I I'm, love this. I'm meeting all these people that I know and love and in some cases kind of love but didn't know. And, you know, we're talking shop and and through the lens of, well, first of all, it's awesome because it's exactly what I need right now after having many months of being homebound with a baby. Yeah. You know, it gets me out of the house. It gets me reconnected to the comedy universe and it gets me hanging with friends. It's like win, win, win. And in and talking to people about what they're up to and what their career stories have been, you know, looking at the lens of their story and considering my own, it just, just it's so is backing up this theory that I care about doing stand up and stand up alone and connecting with my audience and all the other stuff for me. Not I'm not judging anyone else's choices, but for me, a lot of the other efforts I've been making are just because I felt like it was a good thing to do professionally. I felt like I should be a writer so that I could sleep in my own bed and have a pension. But I don't really want to be a writer. I want to be a stand-up. And so I'm going to stop trying to do these other things and just focus on stand-up. And the great thing about social media is you don't have to wait to be anointed by a suit. And, you know, the suit sometimes gets fired, even the one that loves you. And then where are you? You know, that's the reason I wanted to do a podcast in the first place. Like you can't be kicked off of it because a network changed their mind about something, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you control it forever. And social media is even arguably a better thing, a better path for that model as well. So I, I was, you know, Andy Hendrickson, right? Yeah. I don't know if I, did I tell you this story about meeting with Andy? Uh, you might have. So I don't think Andy would mind me saying this. It was kind of a funny exchange we had. So Andy is doing this super cool uh, project. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. I did tell you this, right? But not yeah. on the air, right? I don't remember. I don't remember either. If I do this twice on the podcast, kill me. I'm sorry. It's been long enough. 
I think it's worth it. It's an interesting point, and it's something that I've been thinking a lot about. So if we say it twice, so be it. Um, Andy, uh, Andy was my first of the 50 lunches. Totally by chance, I just reached out to some of my closer friends when I first got to L.A. and ended up going to have lunch with Andy. You never forget your first. <laughs> so uh, Andy was... He he's an easily annoyed character, and he was on the plane, <laughs> and there was a there was people behind him on the plane talking loudly, whatever. Uh-huh. And he was list, and he was trying to not listen. And the one guy was going on and on about being in the first um, Iron Man, the first Iron Man race, and finally he realized that's what he was really talking about. And he turns around and he goes, "My dad was in the first Iron." And the guy goes, "No, no, there were only like whatever seventeen people." And he goes, "No, no, my dad's." Blah, blah. And the guy goes, and the guy lights up. He's like, yeah, I know your dad. So he actually, by accident, ran into one of the other, I forget what the number is, but it's some tiny number, like 17 people who did the first Iron Man. And his dad was one of them. And so he's doing this cool project. He's doing a documentary about the first Iron Man and where they are now and the story about the branding and how the Iron Man thing blew up into this giant... And, you know, there's a couple of the characters that he's talking to that have had struggles in life and they're going back and trying to do another Iron Man now. And this was like in the 70s, you know. So he's doing this documentary and he's done all this funding and, uh, you know, he's learning every he's learned how to film and build a thing and fundraise and edit and. And we were sitting there and I was talking to him about social media and he goes, yeah, but I don't want to take a picture of my lunch with a thing and a friend. I go, I could just hear Andy's voice. Yeah. And I go, yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if I would pick that either, but it's easier than making a movie because he's making a movie to be, to have a calling card in show business. And I'm like, and for me, I think what his project is particularly interesting to him, and it's a super cool concept, and I want him to succeed, and I'm not judging him. I'm saying for me, I don't want to do all that shit. I want to be a comic and talk to my audience. And Twitter and Instagram and Facebook are a great way to do that without having to, quote unquote, make a movie, whatever that is. Right. So I'm sold on it. And... uh Again, I've got a long way to go in figuring it out. But I've been surprised, actually, just in the last few months, how much engagement there is to be had if you really dive into it. You know, it's fun. That part of it I actually like. Hmm. I, li- I like that part quite a bit. Now, I, you're, I think you're a pretty humble guy. Um, you have to have a little bit of an ego and, and, and narcissism to think that you're worthy of standing on a stage and having people listen to you. Do you think that I don't I don't know what I'm what I'm trying to get at here but are You're you f- are you feeding that beast at all and is it is it part of your your ego that's wanting you to do this more or is it just more of like this is your you feel like you're really honed in and you really want to take the next like step in gathering your audience and and furthering your career and this is the way that you see yourself doing that is I mean it's, it's a combo yeah, it's a combo. It really is. I'm not trying to BS anybody. I, I, From a practical point of view, I genuinely believe that it's still a burgeoning, emerging universe that's going to grow, 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 grow and become a bigger part of our lives. And so I do think from a business point of view that it's a smart play, but it's also a play that doesn't require 
that the guy that books Netflix say yes to me. And it's something that I can control myself. And from just from a practical point of view, like some of the day-to-day things of being a social media active participant are really fun, you know, like kind of playing with fans and people who've been followers and come for the jokes and then hang. And then they, you know, they're smart asses about something that I say. And then there's a back and forth. I mean, all of that is connective and good business wise. And it's fun. I, I, I generally like that part. And, and it's more that part of it, that simple part of it is more, uh, it's more of what it is to be a comic. It's talking to the people after the show and it's shaking hands and taking a picture and selling a CD. And it's, to me, it's an, ex, it's the electronic extension of what it is to be a standup, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. It's, and so that part I love to me, the downside is some of the technical shit, like learning how to do the videos and have the right specs. And, and now I got to put this, I got to figure out a different format to put it on YouTube as well. And, for me, that part of it is a bit of a drag, but I'm willing to do that so that I don't have to wait for the Netflix guy to pick me. Right. And and there are comics, and I don't want to disparage them, but they're, they don't have very large media footprints in a traditional way, but they're still doing very well because they're good at social media. And that, to me, is a compelling model. I like that model way better than waiting to be on The Tonight Show. Yeah. All that being said, Netflix, pick Kostaki. Yeah. Pick me. Choose me. Love me. Right. I would, I'm still going (laughs) to, don't, don't misunderstand. I'm still going to knock on those doors. I just don't want to be desperately waiting for them to open. Yeah. You don't want to be in that position, man. It's nice to not be shucking and jiving. And right at the mercy of somebody to be able to have a career. So right, and I'm I mean, lucky because I already kind of have that. I you know I yeah I, I can do three self-produced shows Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and and mostly they're in Bob and Tom markets, and people come to see me on purpose, and I'm just being a comic, and then I get to come home and be a dad and a husband and hang out and ride the bike and work on the radio jokes. And so I already kind of have the footprint in place. I just want to grow it and be more interactive and available. So I love it, it, man. I love it. Your passion is contagious and I wish you nothing but luck. That's nice, man. We'll talk more. Yes, sir. Um, what are the other plugs? What are, what else are we doing? Oh, I should plug gigs. I always forget to plug gigs. What do you got? I'm in Minneapolis this week. Um, at Acme one of the best comedy clubs in America. Um, so if you get this in time and happen to be in this neck of the woods, come see me here. Um, what else do I got? I'm pulling it up now and I'm slow. And now, the, oh, I see what's happened. I'm not connected. Why don't you plug something while I pull this up? Well, I just looked up your website here. You're in Janesville, Wisconsin, uh, oh, yeah. May, May 9th. Then you're going to Illinois and Indiana going to michigan for a run all these are in may and then back to illinois and indiana so if you catch them on the if you don't catch them on the 10th or 11th catch them on the 24th or 25th very nice lots of options for illinois and indiana i'm I'm doing a casino with a poker room in it in mount pleasant michigan i see it now 
Kalamazoo, Michigan, Sullivan, Illinois, Richmond, Indiana. There's some great gigs. And then uh, the summer, the Funny Bone in Des Moines. And then I'm off on a uh, cruise ship for three weeks that goes to Bermuda. Um, That'll so, be yeah, fun. Man. And you, I keep seeing, uh, every time I blink, there's another comic with a thing that you're talking to and promoting. And tell us what's going on, man. Very busy, man. Got a lot of projects that are basically done or about to be recorded we got one coming out uh, it's actually going to be available for pre-order tomorrow which will be april 25th uh henry sir is the next one out on you lucky dog productions uh this cool. one he comes to me via edmonton canada oh really yeah so he's got dual citizenship he's in new york for a little bit now and um uh, he's a he's a very interesting character played a little uh basketball in his day don't hold it against him, Kostaki. But uh, <laughs> basketball. Yeah, yeah. So he's got so he's got some jokes about basketball in there, and uh, very very funny dude. I'll say this: his album starts in a very compelling way. Uh, it's not something totally original, where you know it's an inner monologue type of thing. But uh, just to start it the way that he does, you kind of have to go, "Wow!" He stood there. I, I, I'll just give it up. He stands on stage. Comes out, you know, he gets introduced, gets gets introduced, stands on stage and has something play from, from the speakers, a pre-recorded bit of him talking, like his inner monologue. Uh, okay. Of him soaking in what's happening in that moment. <laughs> and that inner monologue play is really playful, like kind of like being insecure about standing in front of this crowd and what kind of reception he's going to get and that kind of stuff. And he... <laughs> And he literally stands there for about five minutes, just standing on stage while this inner monologue plays, and the crowd is clapping with him. When you know, it's it's really interesting. Oh um, wow! All that to say, the rest of the album is pretty solid too, and that's out May first. Um, I'm gonna say follow You Lucky Dog Productions on Instagram. It's at You Lucky Dog Prod. Just take out the auction. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, we've been pushing a lot of stuff on there, man. I appreciate all the support from people. Uh, I put my stamp behind Henry. Very, very good. And then uh, we got a lot of other cool stuff in the works. No official release dates yet, but we got albums coming out from Casey Balsham, Chris Tinkle, um, Christine Meehan Berg. She recorded this a while ago, but when she was nine months pregnant. Oh. So... It's a lot of pregnant uh, experiences. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta pee. <laughs> <laughs> but it's but it's really really compelling and and, and interesting because it's like she had a she had a rough pregnancy, so it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Right. Uh, but so it's uh, it's it's pretty interesting if you know anybody that's gone through a pregnancy like that for her to kind of turn it into something funny. I, I thought it was pretty extraordinary. So. That'll come out pretty soon too, but uh, yeah, man, a lot of a lot of good things happening. YouLuckyDogProductions.com and uh, YouLuckyDogProd on Twitter and Instagram. So follow, keep us up there. That's great, man. Kudos and taps on the back. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> I'm staying busy, man. I got I got some stuff I can't even talk about yet that is pretty huge. So uh, oh, if, nice. it, if it happens, I'll be pretty set. <laughs> okay, good, good. Happy to hear that. Yep. Excellent. Well, I'm going to take a short nap because uh, I've done 23 radio calls today. Yeah. 
That's and awesome, man. Sleepy. Yeah, it's been good. I'm spreading the brand as much as I can. We called yeah. all over the place today. Shit, shit, man. That's that's good for you. I'm glad you had something left in the tank for the podcast. So. Oh yeah, this is my favorite. This is home base for me. It's it's good to talk to you, man. I always love to hear your voice. Hey, speaking of voice, uh, our boy uh, Glenn Grizzard sent something, which because of a technical thing, I haven't heard yet. But we're gonna go out with it. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, this will be like the Bill O'Reilly moment where he's like, Sting will play us out. (laughs) What does that mean to play us out? (laughs) (laughs) Now, here we go. Uh, I think he calls himself Grizzdog. Grizzdog is going to play us out. Thanks for listening, everybody. (laughs) Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon. I hope all your dreams come true in the draft. All right. See ya. Hey, quick snappers, it's Uncle Glenn here with your day in NFL draft history. It's 35 years ago in New York City, and you ain't gonna believe it, but the first-round draft pick is in the grubby little hands of the goddamn New England Patriots. They sidled up to the lectern and took the greatest player of his generation, leading collegiate Russia in all of history and national champion Georgia Bulldog tailback Herschel Walker. He went on to become the greatest player in NFL history, and now his bronze head is the biggest attraction in Canton, Ohio. Oh, wait, I'm getting word from Quick Snap Central. It turns out that ain't what happened at all. No, in fact, Herschel decided to skip his senior season after winning the Heisman and just short of three national championships in a row and signed a dumbass contract with the dumbass USFL's dumbass New Jersey Generals that were owned and operated by professional football genius and all-around sports wizard Donald J. Trump. Well, as you may recall, Herschel might as well have signed up to play football in Russia. He became the yardage king of the dumbass USFL, which was slightly more prestigious than being the smartest one of his boss's children. So this weekend, while you're throwing your beer at the dumbass decisions your team's GM is making in Music City, pour one out for your old buddy Herschel and the New Jersey freaking generals, one of the 10,000 biggest disasters Donald freaking Trump ever made. Grizzdog out. That is it for us today. Okay, I don't know. Whatever it is, it's not right on the teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. No, there is. We are going to do Sting, yeah. Okay, but... Now, I can't read it. There's no there's no words on it. Okay. Ready? Sure. There's yeah. no words there to play us out. What does that mean? To play us out. It's, it's Sting is going to do it's a video. Sting video. What is for credits? I don't know what that means to play us out. What does that mean? To end the show? Yeah. Yeah. All right, go. Go. In 5 4 3 that's tomorrow, and that is a... Again, five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. And we will leave you with a... I can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. No. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can... I'll write it, and we'll do it live! Right. Fucking thing sucks! That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. I'm Bill O'Reilly. Thanks again for watching. We'll leave you with Henry Sir. And a cut off his new album. Take it away. It's all complicated stuff, though. That's all. It's all complicated adult stuff. I miss being a kid. It was still tough. I think, I think we give kids too much grief. I don't know. It's tough being a kid. I think we forget that. Especially people my age, specifically my age, because, like, I'm a millennial. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly the image that comes to mind when you think of millennials, probably. <laughs> Just worn out, beaten down, 45-year-old Yugoslavian refugee. But 
Yeah. I'm only 18. That's the crazy thing, too. <laughs> I've just aged horribly. <laughs> but people specifically my age, we're, look, we're already at that point where, like, we hate everybody. We hate older people. We hate younger people. We're already doing that whole, like, oh, kids these days. It's pathetic. Ugh. You know, when I was in junior high, I didn't even have a cell phone. Like, what, did we just communicate so effectively? We had to talk like real people, all right? God, on MSN. <laughs> See these kids, just face glued to the phone. I would have done the same thing. I just needed a whole desktop to do it. That was the difference. At least they're like gallivanting outside. I had to be in the confines of some dark basement, no sunlight coming in for hours tying up the phone line so nobody else could communicate effectively either. We were the downfall of communication. <laughs> we're the worst. I miss MSN. It had its perks. It really did. I could spit so much game on girls <laughs> without ever having to look them in the eyes. It was beautiful. I don't get credit for it. Do I think it's fair? No, not even a little bit. Like, I, uh, I was doing online dating way before online dating was even a thing. <laughs> Do you know how many girls I asked out and got broken up with on MSN? <laughs> without ever speaking to in between. It was all of them, every single one. It's always how it work. A friend would be like, hey man, you know Danielle? I'm like, no, who is that? She's a girl. Go on. <laughs> like, yeah, well, she likes you. I'm like, that's weird because we don't know each other. You said she's a girl, I'm in. <laughs> I think I love her, actually. I can't imagine my life without her. <laughs> Add her on MSN that night, just be like, hey babe. She'd be like, hey, you. If you're a teenage boy and you hear, hey, you, it's like, well, my work here is done. <laughs> I've sealed the deal. I was just like, you want to go out with me? She's like, yeah, all right. Wouldn't talk to her once at school. Avoid her at all costs, because it was horrifying. See her coming down the hallway, just sprint the other way. But then go home that night on MSN, just be Shakespeare. Been thinking about you all day, girl. <laughs> Driving me crazy. I love you. <laughs> I want to show you the finer things in life. <laughs> Again, see her at school, booking it. Other way. <laughs> Couple days go by like that. She comes on MSN. She's just like, hey. Like, no, hey, you? What's that about? What's going on? What are you cheating on me? Are you cybering with another man? What's happening? What are you doing? She's like, yeah, I think we got to break up. I was like, what, baby, why? I'm over the moon for you. She's like, well, we've never spoken to each other. So uh, from what I understand, it's a somewhat integral part to a successful relationship. And it is, it is. I still do it, though. Like, sometimes my wife's like, we got to have a talk. I'm like, all right, go in the other room. Sign in MSN. Let's go. Let's do this. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.